Are you having a good time yet? If you're not there yet, then uh, I have a special treat for you that will, I think, get you to that get you to that place. Um, we have the honor today. I'm excited next weekend about what God has put on my heart to share with you and kind of the direction we're going in this next season of our church. But today we have the honor and the privilege of hearing from one of my friends. Uh, his name is Jordan Cunningham. And I, I need you, I need you to lean in. Come on. I need you to, I need you to amen. I need you to to shout him down. If he says something you like, just holler at him, stand up, wave a flag, you know, do something to let him know you, you like what he's saying. If he says something you don't like, just stand up and clap anyway, amen. But he is the he is the area director for Young Life in Mansfield, Texas, and he and his family have taken time out of their week and their weekend to drive up and be with us. And he's going to share a, a specific word that God put on his heart for our church. And so can you put your hands together and help me welcome my friend Jordan Cunningham. I'll give it up for Gabe and Amanda right now. That's who you need to be giving it up for. Come on, make some noise for the pastors of Impact Church. These two are stellar individuals with a lot of kids. That is what's going on in their world. So somehow they're fitting in pastor in a church at the same time, but they have kids I think everybody in here is holding one of their kids. Is that actually what I think? Looking around and seeing all these people holding kids, I'm like, that's got to be one of Gabe and Amanda's kids. Because now, actually, my wife is in the back holding one of their kids. Actually, back there, she. Uh, we can't have any more kids. Uh, we have three, and she said it's a good thing because she's got baby fever going on back there right now. So, um, I want to show you a picture of my family uh, real quick. That's my whole crew right there. Uh, me and my wife, Ashley. Uh, that's Ian on the far left. And that's our princess, Ava, right there. And that's Kai with the big smile on his face right there in the middle. <laughs> Loving life right there, man. So yeah, it's great to be with you guys. This is uh, such a great church. I love this place. It's the first service he mentioned. The first service was rowdy. So uh, you better buckle your seatbelts because we're getting ready to ride. Uh, have some fun this morning. So um, I want to invite you to stand with me and uh, read some scripture together. Luke chapter 19. I have so many friends at this church and family. Um, man, I love this place. It's just so, such a cool place. See some old friends too. Um, just in looking in the crowd, seeing some people. It's like so cool because I walk up and I'm like, know uh, so many of you, and I love I love it. I love this place so much. Do you enjoy Impact Church? Amen. Yeah, such a, such a great place. Uh, Luke chapter 19, I think I have a different translation, but you'll, you'll follow along and, and get with it. But Luke 19, chap, chapter 19, verse 1, says this, He entered Jericho and was passing through, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, he was a chief tax collector and was rich, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. 
He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. And verse 10, which is one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you so much for Impact Church. Thank you for this place um, that was this morning at 6.30 a.m. converted into a place where folks can come in and worship you. Thank you for meeting us here this morning. Thank you for being with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, high five somebody around you. Give them a hug, whatever you got to do on your way to seating. Letting them know that good to see you here at Impact Church. Great to see all you guys. Um, I want to preach from the Thought Fast Pass. Um, how many of you have spent, you've flown before? Let me just ask it that way. Have you ever flown in an airport? You've gone to the airport. See, I love flying. Like, flying is one of my favorite things to do. I love the idea of flying. It's just so cool and so fun to fly. But here's the thing I don't like about airports are the lines. Man, it's like line upon line upon line. There's just lines everywhere at the airport. You go, like, to check in, you got to wait in line. Then to check your baggage in, you got to wait in line. And then you go through the security. That's a joy. Um, going through the security, you're waiting in line to get there. You wait in line to board. You wait in line to get to your seat. You wait in line to get out of your seat. You wait in line to get your bag. It's like line on line on line. And, you know, the lines are one thing. But if there's, if there's something I can't stand, it's when people try to cut me in line. I don't, I don't jive with the cuts. You know what I'm saying? Are you with me? We don't like cutters, right? In school, we learned no cutting, all right? So well, I just don't like it. I don't like when people try to cut. Um, my wife has a real issue with people that try to cut. I mean, she gets rowdy with the folks that try to cut her. Like the traffic situation where it's all convert merging into one lane and those folks that wait to the last second to merge in, and they try to cut in, like get to the back. My wife will let them know quick. You better get to the back because you ain't getting in front of me. And she'll let them know. We were we were at a Thai place recently. We just we flew to New York recently for our 10 year anniversary, and uh, we had these bukuza restaurants that we went to. And every single restaurant you go to in New York City, you have to wait in line. Well, we were in this ginormous line at this Thai restaurant that somebody had told us about. We're, we're sitting in this line, and as we're sitting there, people are trickling in, and they are getting seated. Like, every time they come in, they're getting seated, and we're like, what is the deal? Like, we've been sitting here for 30 minutes, and folks are getting seated. Uh, my wife's, like, losing her mind every single time somebody is getting seated. She's just brewing. She's like getting more and more mad every single time. It's like it's so evident. She's just like so bottled up mad. And then finally, she's like, the next person that comes in here and gets seated, I'm going to let them know. 
Like I'm, I'm telling somebody. And sure enough, that next person that comes in, party it to, they just like walk right to their seat. And she's like, um, excuse me, we were here first. Like straight letting them know. Well, the funny thing is, it turns out they had all like came and got their reservation and then left for like 45 minutes to an hour and then came back. And so they're just walking right to it. But she was like, um, no. No, we were here. We've been sitting right here for 49 minutes, so we better get seated. It's so funny. It's it's something about lines that just, like, the cutting will burn you up. And, and I say all this because what I've learned about people is that we want people to get what they deserve. Amen? We we want people to get uh, what they what they got coming to them. And we can be like, nah, nah, not me. But, yeah, we do. I mean, at least me and my wife do. <laughs> Justice is what we want for people. We want people to get what they deserve. We had to wait in the back of the line. You have to wait in the back of the line. There, There's no reason you should get seated before we get seated. It, it's something about this nature. And there are parts of society and parts of different industries and different things where this line of thinking will work, where this type of thinking will get you somewhere. But the type of thinking might work in society, but but if it ever creeps into your theology, it, it gets bad. Because grace is anything but fair. And, and, and God is anything but fair. The gospel it is not the proclamation that the good will be blessed. But the bro- the gospel is the proclamation that even the bad, even the worst, will be blessed if they find their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Amen? And, and I've watched so many people inside church and outside of churches get this line, analogy, twisted up into their thinking to where it's everything has to be fair. I've got three kids. You know how many times a day I hear, that's not fair? Often. And I tell them, life's not fair. Because <laughs> it's just not. There are things in life that aren't fair. And the gospel is not about fairness. The gospel is the good news that Jesus came down to take everything that we deserved and give us everything that he deserves. That's the gospel. And this text, this scripture, uh, is about Zacchaeus. And it's just a great, great, gives us a great glimpse of what the gospel looks like and grace looks like in this story. And I love it. I can't wait to unpack it. This story is about Zacchaeus. He's going to throw it up there. Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. I see, well, yeah, I got two people right here. The rest of you didn't grow up in church. I just don't get it. Um, but but Zacchaeus, he, he was a chief tax collector. But you have to slow down in this thinking of what a chief tax collector is because um, it, it sounds like he's just a guy that goes around to different houses and collects the taxes, which nobody likes to pay their taxes. So it would seem like that would be a bad guy. Um, any kind of tax collector are bad people. But this particular man, Zacchaeus, was more like a mobster. More like a gangster, more like a guy that is just a bad, bad dude. He would use 
his money, he was like working against his own people. He would take their money and he would line his own pockets with, with other people's money and also at the same time paying off the Roman government. Now, Rome at this time is like a superpower. And they, they became a superpower by this huge army that they had. And they would do some really barbaric things. Like these were bad people. They would go into a community, into a city, and they would, they would kill all the men and rape the wives and then take the children and either sacrifice them or enslave them. Like they, they would just take over an entire community. And then to let you know that Rome had been there, they would line the streets with crosses of people just hanging on the cross just so you knew that Rome had been there I mean and and imagine with me that a superpower had taken over uh, America let's just pretend for a second that that's happened and your neighbor is working with this superpower and paying them off while taking your money now this superpower meanwhile keep in mind they're they're killing the men raping the women they're they're enslaving our children all this is happening and your neighbor is working with them now i don't know about you but i don't like zacchaeus he, he he's not somebody i get along with and for him i want to see justice take place but this story shows us that this the, the scandal of the gospel is that jesus spent so much time with people like zacchaeus he spent his time with these type of people, and and it wasn't settling well with people. And you're going to find that out in just a second. But the reason he is there is because the scripture says that he came to seek and to save the lost. The lost people is what he came to do. And, and in this story, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem where he'll be uh crucified there and on his way it was that that was his mission on earth was to be crucified on the cross and while he's on his mission on his way to do his mission he still finds himself on mission in this trip in this little trip that happens and Zacchaeus wanted to see who Jesus was that's all he really wanted and the way he did that was trying to fight through this crowd of people that are all hanging around Jesus. And he, he couldn't really get to him because of this massive amount of people that are crowding Jesus. And, you know, it's funny because I have a really good friend that's more like a mentor to me that lives in Mansfield. And, you know, I think about this story and I think about the way that so many people that already knew Jesus were crowded so tight around Jesus. And this man named Zacchaeus that needed Jesus more than any of them is fighting to get through there. And he can't even see it. He has to climb in a stinking tree just to be able to see Jesus because of all these people. And to me, it's, it's almost like this picture of sometimes we get in the way of people that need to see Jesus and need to meet Jesus. Sometimes the Christians are the ones that get more in the way than anybody of somebody encountering Jesus. Have you ever met somebody that's just so passionate 
about sharing the gospel. And, and this is my friend in, in Mansfield. He is an older man and just has known the Lord for so long that he, every single time we hang out, i never forget the first time we, hang, we hung out, he knew I worked with Young Life and knew I hung out with high school kids, and he's sitting across from me, and he's just like passionately sharing the gospel with me. And it was like, like the first time I'd ever heard the gospel. I'm like, I, I'm like thinking to myself, if this guy tries to lead me to Christ, I'm going for it right now because, I mean, it's like this guy is good at sharing the gospel. I'm like, sometimes you just meet these people that are just really, really good at sharing the gospel. And I feel like, like, like if there's anything that Jesus is calling us to do, it's that. It's just, it's just share the good news of Jesus. Like, like sometimes I, we just get in the way sometimes. But I think Jesus is just saying, like, like, just say, here's Jesus. Like, there you go. It's like Jesus has done all the work. We, we sometimes just get in the way. And that's what's happening in this story. There's people just in the way of Zacchaeus trying to get a glimpse of Jesus. And this what he does is so incredible. What Zacchaeus does is he takes off, the Bible says he takes off running. Verse 4 says, so he ran ahead and climbed into a sycamore fig tree. Now, that doesn't sound like a big deal, but it is a big deal. And I'm going to tell you why. Because when you would run, in that culture was a big deal because if you anything that you ran towards would insinuate that that thing was more important than you were. And for a big wig like Zacchaeus, who was like he was, this mobster gangster guy, running towards something and insinuating that that thing is more important to him was a big deal. The second thing was that he would roll, he had to roll up his pants, his tunic, to run towards this man, which in that culture, again, was a big deal. You didn't do that. You didn't expose your legs. And he, he rolled up his pants and ran towards that. The other thing is that he climbed into a tree. Now, you may be thinking, Jordan, that's not that big of a deal, but this, this is kind of weird. It's kind of weird. I mean, grown men usually don't climb trees. Grown men definitely don't climb trees to look at other grown men, right? I mean, that just, just doesn't usually happen. But in this story, this man is running and sweating, and he's exposed himself. And he gets to the place to where Jesus, where is Jesus going to pass by? And then he decides, I'm just going to climb into this tree so that I know for sure I'll get to see Jesus, and I'll get a glimpse of Jesus. It, it would look like in this day, that this guy has just lost his cool. Like he has just lost it. How many of you know there's some things that will make you lose your cool, right? There's just certain things that will cause you to lose your cool. Um, for instance, what I've learned is that uh, men that are in love usually can't keep their cool card and be in love at the same time. Like it just doesn't happen. Like, and the reason I know this is because men have men that are in love. They have two different voices. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you this. Two different voices that men have. Because men were simple. I mean, we're simple guys. It's just like, ha ha ha, ho, ha ha ha, oh, like that's it. Like girls are like confused about what's going on right now. But all the guys in here know exactly what I just said. 
because it's like our own little, it's our, it's our own language, right? We're just simple guys. But but a dude that's in love, he's like hanging out with the boys. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, phone rings, right? Ring, ring. Hey, babe, what's going on? Oh, not much. Just just, just hang with the guys. Yeah, it's just, me, just me and the guys here. Yeah, yeah. I'll be home about a quarter to eight, seven forty-five-ish. You know, something, something like that. You know, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. I'll see. I'll see. You hear that like upper octave thing that's going on right there? It's like guys have two different voices. Like, so a dude that's in love, he, he's got this cool thing going on with the guys, but then whenever he hangs out with his girl, it's a little different thing going on. And there's just some things that will make you lose your cool. Some people, when they meet a famous person. They just lose it. Like, they just absolutely lose their cool. This guy, Zacchaeus, could care less about his cool card. His swag tank is on empty right now. Like, he's absolutely could care less. He's about seeing Jesus. Like, that's where it's at for him. And Zacchaeus gives us this beautiful picture of what it looks like to meet Jesus. And I bet, in my mind, I'm thinking, Zacchaeus is up in this tree. He's looked foolish. He's looked dumb. And in his mind, he's like, got to be thinking to himself, is this even worth it? Is this even worth it? Like, is this Jesus guy even worth all that I just went through? And when I think about that, I think about uh, folks that might come to Impact Church. And maybe you're hearing this your first time, and you're like, is this even worth it? Like, what is, this is not a church. Like, this is not a, not a real church. It's set up in Heritage Hall. Like, this is, who's this guy speaking? He's kind of weird. <laughs> He's making fun of me, laughing, and how simple I am. <laughs> really making fun of myself, mostly. But maybe you're thinking to yourself, like, is this, is this even worth it? Like, and for those of us that know the story of Zacchaeus, we're wanting to scream back into the scriptures and say, yes, Zacchaeus, it's worth it. And I think those same people would scream back to you and say, yes. It may not feel like it's worth it right now, but it, but it's it's worth it. it it's worth it. And, and this is crowd following Jesus they're, they're super close. They're really tight. Jesus probably doesn't have a lot of space. And he gets close to Zacchaeus, and he sees him up in that tree, and he says, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm hanging with you tonight. I'm going to hang with you tonight. And this is less of a request and more of like a demand. Like you, you can see it in the scriptures where it's the next verse. Oh, no, no, right here. Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. I mean, this is like, get the party going, I'm coming over, we're hanging out, get some chips and salsa, like, let's do this. Tonight, I'm coming to hang with you. And Zacchaeus hops down. And the crazy thing is, we don't even hear, like, Zacchaeus has done nothing. He has done nothing to, like, prove that he's worth He's done nothing to prove that he deserves this, but he calls him by name and says his name. And, and, and I think, like, about how Zacchaeus in this desperate place of being in this tree, 
of how Jesus just found him right where he was. I mean, right where he was. And, and I want to encourage you today that he'll find you right where you are. Right, right where you are. He'll find you in a tree. He'll, he'll find you in the back row of a church service at Heritage Hall. He'll, he'll find you uh, in a broken marriage. He'll find you in a failed business. He'll find you right where you are. Because salvation is by God, is for God, and it's through God. Do you know what you contribute to this? Your sin. That's it. There's nothing we do to deserve this whole thing. We contribute our sin. Here's my sin. Here's my shame. I believe you. And I'm putting my trust in you. And in this story, it's like he's the least deserving guy there in this whole deal. And Jesus is like, I want to get to know you. I want to get to know you. And, and I believe that Impact Church is a place where people are going like, I, I don't know if I believe all this. Like, I don't know if I believe everything that's going on and everything that's being said by, by that preacher and all that. But, but one thing I know is the people here love me. And the people here care about me. And the people here will receive me right where I am. It doesn't matter how I came, how broken I am. I can come to Impact Church and, and people. And, and can you understand that whenever the gospel goes forth, there will always be this like fringe movement that is taking place. Because, because religion is all about what you need to do. But a relationship with God and grace of God is declaring that Jesus has already done all the work. Amen. Jesus has already done all the work. He gets out of the tree. And the scripture says that when he got out of the tree, I go right there. All the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Like they're freaking out. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Jesus, Zacchaeus is a bad dude. He belongs in the back. He doesn't belong in the front. Hang on. Like something just went way wrong when Zacchaeus was when Jesus invited himself to Zacchaeus' house. It's like, whoa, Jesus, you got the wrong guy. You should have been, it should have been me. I've been, I've been doing good. I've been I've been working hard. I've been trying to live right. Jesus should have been me. But Jesus calls this least deserving man in Zacchaeus and says, You come down. And and you know what? Like this is this is how we live. This is how we think. Uh th this is even how we behave. And then Jesus goes to his house and we just see that a few moments with Jesus and Zacchaeus life. Is changed like you don't even hear this the story it's like you hear the people mutter this and then the next verse says Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord look Lord here and now I give half of my possessions it's like all of a sudden like a moment with Jesus he just starts proclaiming that I'll give half of what I got I mean I'll, I'll do whatever this moment means everything to me 
Let me close. And the musicians, you can come on up. Um, man, this story just hits me so hard because I think about, like, just a few moments with Jesus. No matter where you are and how desperate you are and how broken you are. A life that has been changed from the inside out. The law could never do that. O only grace can do that. Um, so uh, a few years ago, I went to Six Flags. Have you ever been to Six Flags? Raise your hand real high. You've been to Six Flags before. Six Flags. Um, we went went with some high school kids and just four of us total. We just went and we're like just going to go do some rides, hang out, and just hang out together. And um, I realized they had, because it's been like, I don't go that regularly, but I didn't realize they had instituted this new system to where they, like, now they tell you how long you're going to be waiting in line. Like, used to, you'd go by faith. Like, you'd just go in line, and then hopefully it wasn't going to be long, but you might be sitting there for an hour and a half. But now they tell you how long you're going to be there. So, like, we went to the Titan, greatest ride at Six Flags. Um, we're there, and the line says, like, two hours and 20 minutes or something like that. It's like a beast of a line, but we're committed. I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm a grown man sitting in a line <laughs> for a roller coaster two hours and 20 minutes. Like, that's just dumb. But I hung in there, and we're sitting there, and we're just hanging out and chilling and just being dudes. Ha, ha, ha. Oh! Okay, sorry. <laughs> but we're just hanging out, you know? And all of a sudden, like, this girl comes up, and it was like an angel. She had like a frolic in her step. And she comes up, and she's like, uh, hey, do you guys want these fast passes? I was like, yeah. And for those of you that don't know what a fast pass is, a fast pass will take you out of this two hours and 25 minute line and put you in a line that will get you to the front of the roller coaster. Like you go straight up there. And it was like, she hands us these four fast passes. It's like, today's your lucky day. Now all of a sudden I've got a frolic in my step and I'm like singing, this is the year of Jubilee, right? This is amazing. We just got four free fast passes, so we're killing it. Like, we are, and it was like, I got on the roller coaster, and it's like the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and said, I sure hope that you realize that Jesus is your fast pass. That he got in line for you, so that you wouldn't have to wait in line. He's your fast pass. You get a free trip to the front of the line just because because he came to take everything that you deserved and I deserved and gave us everything that he deserves all the good things and I think to myself like I don't deserve this and that's what the good thing about the gospel is that even the least deserving in a man like Zacchaeus who shouldn't have been hanging out with Jesus based on what he had done. But aren't you thankful that a relationship with Jesus is not based on what we do, not based on what we provide, not based on what we bring to the table. It's based on what he has already 
done for us. I want to invite you to stand with me. Let me close. Uh, They're going to sing another song, and I want to invite the prayer team to come up. And if you need prayer for anything at all, um, man, maybe you're here today and you're like, man, I feel like Zacchaeus. (laughs) I just feel like I just feel real undeserving here in this place. Um, Man, folks want to pray with you. Maybe you're here and you're like the ones that are just real close to Jesus, but, you know, at the same time, it's like you're real distant from him. It's been a real long time since you've connected with Jesus. I want to invite you to come up and pray as well. Let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you so much for Impact Church. Thank you for this place. Thank you for the folks that came at 6.30 a.m. and just set this whole entire place up so that we could experience you in just a real transformative way. Thank you for uh, this story of Zacchaeus and his brokenness. God, you spoke his name. You saw him right where he was. I pray for every person in this place, no matter where they are in their walk with God, no matter where they are in this life. God, I pray you'd find them right where they are. I pray you'd speak their name this morning. Say it out loud to them. I pray that no matter what they've done, no matter where they are, find them right there. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.